Three, two, one. Good morning. Is that red light on? The red light's on. What red light? So this is... <laughs> there is no red light. Okay. <laughs> There's a red switch. I pushed it. I like your studio, man. This is great. Thank you, buddy. That's uh, I really like it. So I do have one suggestion to your studio. Yes. I would move this microphone to the middle because right now I feel like I'm too far away from you. Like I feel, you know, you, you ever see like the, remember the Tim Burton Batman where they're having dinner together mm-hmm. and it's that, that huge right. table. That's what I kind of feel like we're at. We're so, uh, so this is the problem. And I did, you might back up a little bit, but, um, so the problem is I try, you know, I tried to find tables. There's the card table, the standard four seat card table, which mm-hmm. would be to me, I think would be too close. And another part of the other part of the thing is I, I think I'm thinking about, and I wanted to talk to you about this today, about filming it, shooting it, and doing like posting these on YouTube. So if we were to set up a camera from this angle and a camera from that angle, I thought that would be more space than if it was like you know too close. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you need to find a nice in between. I feel like I'm just a little too far away from you, like because this is not how I would talk to you. No, I agree. And also, this carpet is like just. Short enough so that these rolly chairs hang on half the wooden floor and half the carpet, which is sorry. I didn't mean to just show up and shit on your show here. Just no, I don't. No, dude, I don't don't care exactly. I mean that the whole journey from starting doing this podcast, and I, we're probably a lot alike in this department where the research, finding the equipment, picking out little things, looking at what other people do. It's really to me half the fun. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I started off doing the podcast with just a laptop and this a handheld mic, and then I've slowly put pieces together. I I did buy this table, but I didn't have. There's not a lot of like perfect tables out there. I can only, and I, you know, I'm also trying to stay in somewhat of a budget. Sure. So this is just a start. I agree, it's a little far, but uh, other than that, for now. I think you know you got the rugs up. That's that looks great, and also you know for the sound purposes, yep. really nice. Got some decent microphones. Yeah, I think they're uh, Shore mics, maybe. Yeah, and actual real nice headphones. I mean, these are these are nice. I you usually them. don't get these when you go to a studio. No, I, no. Bought, the, I bought them the headphones, and I got the little sound. I had another board that we actually use at the house for karaoke, and I'm like, well, I'll just use this. This is perfect. The problem was it was amped, so it made a lot of noise, a lot of background noise. So I ended up buying that board, which is, I guess, more of a passive. Well, what I'm looking forward to seeing in the future is... As the, the, the room, like, progresses, people will keep bringing in things when they get interviewed and eventually it becomes, like, part of the room. So the room is going to eventually be clustered with all these all this really strange tchotchke that co- comes from all well, the guests. Starting, look at that. I got the, the magnetic dartboard. I saw that. We got the plastic Joker guy. I like the Joker. We got the Eddie Vedder poster that I had the guy down in Rehoboth draw. <laughs> <laughs> I love Eddie Vedder. He's got... What's up, my dollar? I, I, no, yeah, I know you, you love your Eddie. Well, and, you know, so... As important as all this stuff is, the quality of the guests also needs to start. Not that my guests haven't been good, but what are you saying? Been, I've been what are practicing. You saying here? Well, you're my first quality guest. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Hey, don't tell any, don't tell oh, the other people. That's terrible. I'm sorry. But you know, it's. I mean, I've done podcasts with Christine. I've you know, I pulled all my friends in. Come sorry, on, Christine. Do a po- yeah, come do a podcast, <laughs> and they've all suffered through it. And I, and now I finally have someone that actually has like maybe a, an interesting tale. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. You're going to be disappointed. Here we go. Let's, That's not true. Do you have questions you want to ask me? Or are we just going flu- no, Yeah, We're just chatting. But, okay. I would, but I would say, you know, I would like to hear your story a little bit of it, you know, from what got you to Rehoboth. I mean, we've been friends for a while, but I've never, like, I don't really know your story. Our, I feel like a relationship is about 15 minutes a visit. Like, I see you for about 15 minutes. Sure. And I get whatever I get in 15 minutes, and then away you go for a few months. Well, you know, I'm not really much of a phone conversation person, and... I tend to have most of my longer discussion in bars, and that's probably not going to work out for you. No. That's not your thing. Um, I, we'd have some good discussions, though. Probably, yes. Yeah. It wouldn't be good for my sobriety, I'm no, sure. No, no. Um, my story, how I ended up in Rehoboth. Did okay. You, did you grow up here? I did not. I grew up in Wilmington. Okay. So I'm um, from Wilmington, Delaware, the, the beautiful place to be somebody, which is, I think that's still their slogan. Place to be somebody. Yeah, I think I've it never is. Heard that. Instead of what it, you know, Murder Town, which is that's another one. I that, think that's its, its newest slogan. Yeah, that's the one they're going to have a show Come to based on Wilmington, and it was called Murder Town. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, what's it? Pinkett, uh, uh, Will Smith's wife. Pinkett Smith. Yeah, she was going to star. It fell through, but it was the funny thing was it wasn't actually going to be filmed in Wilmington, but it was all about Wilmington. Yeah, and that because. When I left, and I think it still has this uh, statistic, is for a city its size, it has the most murder per capita that any city in America has. Wilmington, I wouldn't go to Wilmington. You shouldn't. I'd go to the Dominican <laughs> Republic before I'd go to Wilmington. No, it's the great go-between. That, that'd be my slogan for it. It's just, it's the great go-between. <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever even been to Wilmington. I think I've driven by it. I don't even know where, what exit is that? <laughs> is there an actual location of Wilmington, or is it just I mean, all the areas in between? It's the, I would say the most pop, biggest city in Delaware, so you got to give it that. You know. Well, I always when I drive up there, I always, for some reason, my brain thinks I'm going around Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is not... Not for a, quite a ways. It's like another 40 minutes out. Yeah. But that's the whole thing about Wilmington. It's like you can get to any major city in like an hour, hour and a half. That is, that's why it's so populated by people yeah. of, you know, like, well, you know. That also means they can get here in an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. Which isn't always a great thing. Well, I mean, if there's a bitch about the beach, it takes like an extra hour and a half to get anywhere else. That's kind of, that's the one thing. That's the downside of living here. Well, and people will, you know, they talk to me about the traffic. And, I, and my, my, tr- my experience with traffic in Rehoboth is basically from, like, grottos to McDonald's. That is the, gra- the traffic problem. But the people coming down, you know, they, they get stuck in traffic, you know, all the way from, you know, Wilmington all the way down. There's different spots. Sure. Which I do think they're, you know, they just opened up that new bypass, overpass, you know, just it's gotten so much better since I was younger. I don't, you know, Dude, people that I, bitch about it, I don't really get. Like, when I, what do you think is going to happen? When I was, when I first moved here, it t- it would take about four and a half hours to get back up north. Yeah, or even come to down. Like if you get stuck in Odessa for like, because it didn't really before Route One was really Route One. It was like thirteen, and you would just be stuck. And that then wasn't there a light there? Yeah, there's a light like around Odessa that is just like you you be there for like an hour and a half on yeah. like a summer weekend. Yeah, real pitch. I, I, people have said to get down up into like Mar- or up into Martha's Vineyards. I guess is like one way in and one way out, and it's like hours of backed up traffic trying to get. In. I've never been up there, but I don't. Know I always wanted similar. to just because it's where Jaws was filmed. So that's kind of the whole. It's a holy land for me. It was Amity, Amity, Amity Island. Amity Island. Yes, that was a great movie. It was. That's you know, the hat I wear and everything. That is. That's my uh, so, Brody hat. Let's not tell. I want to. I got to find out your story. So Digressed. You, sorry. We did. It's bad. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> I can't fail. It's one. fine. It's like 
Two kids on ADD medicine. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's see. I grew up in Wilmington. I uh, went to Concord High School. Had a very, had a nice childhood, you know, very, actually, when I look back on it, it was a really great childhood in that I don't think a lot of people get to have this anymore, where I had a neighborhood where there was about eight boys my own age. Mm-hmm. So we had like our own roaming gang. It is like, I think most kids tend to have to go travel to go visit a friend now. Like, I just don't see packs of kids like I used to. So, you know, we had a pretty cool existence. We had, you know, we're outside every day doing something, about eight of us. And so this is a weird story. So this is interesting. I, it's one of those things I didn't really think it was interesting when I was a kid, but now I look back. So where I grew up, it was kind of like down here what it is like now, where they were just building huge like uh, developments before people show up. So you have all these developments now being built up down here, and a lot of them, like exactly the neighborhood you, your salon is in, where it's just... It was a cornfield. Yeah, well, it was a cornfield. They built it, but still like not a lot of people showed up, and eventually right. it will fill up, but everyone thought everyone was going to be here before they were here. Right. So that's what it was like where I grew up. There was just a ton of these developments. So they thought like, well, this is going to be a huge influx of people coming in. And there was a lot, but it didn't, they built too much. So I went to elementary school, to a school called Lancashire. Mm-hmm. And in my development, there was a school built with the exact same blueprint. Everything was exactly the same in the school, but the town never had enough people to fill it. So it's just an abandoned school my wow. entire childhood. So I had an exact copy of the school I went to every day in my neighborhood that was essentially like the apocalypse took it. Like, so what was it, the, the idea? What They just put a school in a neighborhood that eventually the neighborhood would be so full that all the kids would just go yeah, to Yeah, like school? when they, they had this extra school to help with the, you know, another school district for this area. But not enough people showed up, so we just had this empty school that we would break into, like, constantly. Oh so, like, picture, like, you know, you're growing up, you probably can remember, like, the front steps of, your, like, your elementary school, like, walking up into it. Yep. We had the same thing, but it was just completely overgrown and, like, destroyed and just... Like, like that Legend movie with Will Smith? Yeah, exactly. Very much like that. Like, nature took it back, and mm-hmm. it was just so cool to grow up and just, like, play around and, like, this... Almost like dilapidated sister school. Did well, I mean? Did I mean cops didn't bug you? I mean, you just no cops didn't. Well, I mean, until when we broke in and set off the alarm, sure they came at that time. There was a few times they showed up then, or like we'd fall through the roof. Little things like that that happened. But uh, yeah, th- they left th- us alone. I think back in. So, I mean, I have a similar story, and I won't. I won't take your time to tell it, but a similar kind of thing. And I think, Jesus, what a bad little kid I was at some point. You know, I mean it. Didn't mean any harm, but you know, just got into a lot of bad predicaments. And you know, I think about you can give me one example. I mean, that's... we broke into a school. Okay, we broke into my 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 buddy John's middle school, Van Buren Middle, or not? It was uh, uh, Chelwood Middle School. And we, didn't, I mean, we didn't break in. The door was open, so that right away made right it there. okay. It's like, yeah, that's fine. But we went in. And I remember we peed on the gymnasium floor. Like what? Why? That's kind of weird. Yeah. Why would we do that? It's just. And and then we we left and I'm not saying we didn't pee in the abandoned school so I, I can't you know I'm not saying we've never done that right well we so when we left all of a sudden the cops showed up and we took off running and they sent a, a police dog after us and as soon as I heard that dog I dropped I mean it was but we didn't get, it's just weird the stuff that you know I, 
And you have a boy growing up. I have two boys. I'm like, what am I? What are? What's going to happen? What are, what are they going to do? Yeah. What are we in store for here? Uh, Hopefully, I'm, they're better than us. Yeah. I, so far, Graham is my son is pointing to be better than I was. Like he's actually like not killing insects and just being because I'm just, on fire, yeah. blowing things up. Well, I mean, boys are sociopaths until they become like. I mean, they get worse as they're teenagers in a certain way, but it was like. You just, you kill everything. Yeah. Like, that's what I remember. Just like every animal, like, well, let's find a way to blow that up. Is it, unless it's a dog or a cat. We didn't go that far. We put a firecracker in a frog and blew it up. And I, I remember when it happened, I, I had this, like, I felt bad. <laughs> his, his head was gone. I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, oh. We used to get really creative. Like, we'd find a garden snake and tape it to a Frisbee and then throw around the Frisbee for like an hour. Well, there's no reason. It was just torture. <laughs> just torturing an animal. Anyway, hopefully our kids. Yeah, my <laughs> kids have yet to start torturing anything. God bless. Yeah. All right. So uh, went to high school at Concord. Went to college at UD, where I met my wife my senior year. What'd you go to college for? Uh, fine arts. So graduated with a BFA. In- Can we just say so? Who are you? Did we even say who you are? That's <laughs> true. It's. Well, I figure it's going to be in the header anyway somewhere, but uh, my name is Rob Waters. Yeah. I am a local filmmaker. Yep. So so fine arts, it all makes sense. I just wanted to say that so that, you know, we could put it all together. Sure. Well, I mean, it's kind of strange that I kind of found my calling in my Mm mid-30s. You know, it took me a while to get there. I always wanted to be a cartoonist when I was younger. There's two things. I wanted to be like a filmmaker or a cartoonist. And to show my age, like, you know, I'm 42, and it seemed like an easier path to become a cartoonist than a filmmaker. Like are that you, is. Are you good at drawing cartoons? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that was my thing. I still draw cartoons for Dollar Beach Life every month. I got a good New Yorker idea. <laughs> Everyone has one in them. I got actually two, but we we won't talk about that. That was one of the ones I always got. I was kid, like, you know, are you a cartoonist? Oh, I got an idea for a cartoon. It's like, I'm sure you do. That's great. Yeah. Just write it down and throw it away. There you go. <laughs> I just need someone to draw it and put the words for it. Yes. I just need someone to do all the work, yes. and then I'll take all the, the humor that is the only fun part of drawing a cartoon. Sure. It's the story of my life. Yeah, that's kind of. So. Um, you were in Delaware. I was in Fine Delaware, arts. and I made films when I was younger, like. With our camcorders, so we made like little films in the neighborhood, and you know, I don't know if your audience is old enough to remember this. So, I teach a class at Dell Tech, and one of the things I always keep telling the students is they have no idea how lucky they are that they mm. live now that they can actually like edit an entire film on their laptop or their computer. That was just something that was impossible because you know before digital came along, just that wasn't available. It so was a lot of cutting and splicing. Yeah, a lot of cutting and splicing. If you had money to actually get film, that was something. But most of us really didn't. So well, how I used to do it was we I'd record a whole scene on a VHS tape because we had camcorders. That was the best we could do. And I don't know if you remember being able to like steal uh, like bootleg uh, VHS tapes where you had a, the dual VHS player. Yep. And you had to cut, put the tape over it so you could... Record it? Yeah, so you put one one on one side, one on the other, and you play it, and then you hit record on the other, and then it start recording what's playing, right. essentially. So that would be my editing process, where I'd put it in, I'd play the whole scene, it's like, oh, I kind of want that part, I'd rewind it, hit record on the second one, and that's how I kind of created well, that makes these sense. films. Yeah, and that, that was my first 
foray into filmmaking. You know, I did a lot of that in high school. And well, it's funny because you've done, you know, we'll explain more, but you've done a couple little film festivals, and you and I go and watch them, and you know, you're it's like low, low budget. But then we forget that this is coming back from a time where you were doing that kind of editing. You know, this isn't those those first movies we were making. You weren't doing those on a Mac. No, no, no. But and but, <clears throat> go ahead. I'm sorry. You go ahead. No, no. You you keep going. Well, I was about to talk about how taking my son to see your thing, but we'll get into that. Later. <laughs> okay. I, this is what I've got to practice at because I'll 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 talk 40 minutes about me and 20 minutes about you, and when it should be opposite. Yeah, that's okay. You'll get you'll get the hang of that. So, just keep my mouth shut. Yeah, just you know, let me listen. Let, let me babble for a while. I love it, babble. So, um, anyway, so let's see. Let's go to you. Let's do college days. So, um, I was a fine arts major, so painter. Did some graphic design. Got all that stuff, but mostly like a painter. That's kind of illustrator, painter person, and that's what I graduated as. Now, you asked one of the early questions. You asked like how I got down here. Mm-hmm. When uh, my last year of college, all my roommates and my closest friends were, they lived down here. They're all from here. And so every weekend they would go home to, to the beach, but it was like UD. It's a great party school. And I just, I wouldn't, I would never understand like, why the hell are you going home every weekend? This is ridiculous. Then I started to follow them and then I kind of figured it out and kind of fell in love with the town. And so eventually, you know, after we graduated and I was in the workforce for a while living in Wilmington with Aaron and we just got kind of, we just hated living in Wilmington, living around the city. We kind of just wanted to be down the beach. We had no jobs down here. We didn't really come down here with any like prospects, but we knew where we wanted to be. So we moved down here. So for almost like a year, I traveled to Wilmington every day to work. Wow. That was, that was a long year, but I knew I wanted to be down here. It's like, it's going to work out somehow. I'll figure it out. But this is what I have to do. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a, that is a long drive. That would, but you know what? I guess I think you, you get, you're safe in one place and then you find out that there's like things to do down here. And so and I'm, I'm, this is a pretty big party town too. So I'm sure there was a little of that going on. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, what, so what did you do? Because I've only known you as working with W Films. I mean, did you ever have like a, a nine to five? Yeah, I mean, most most of my working life, I've been a graphic designer. That's that was my main profession. That's uh, so. I was one of the head ad designers for the News Journal. Um, my first real job. Okay, this is this is a half decent story. So, I was a BFA, so I didn't really do much. You know, I did some like cutout graphic design stuff in college, but really there was no computer skills taught when I was there. Right. And so when I graduated. I realized that, that there was no jobs for illustrators that just, that just didn't exist. So I realized that, I, well, I, I, missed, I missed the boat. I should have been a graphic designer. I got to figure this out. So my first job was at the Delaware State News in Dover mm-hmm. as kind of like a page layout person. So I knew I wanted to get a graphic design job, and I knew I was a very fast learner. I could learn things pretty fast and, get, and figure it all out if I needed to. And at the time, there was such a big difference between a Mac and a PC. Mm. So what I did was I look back on it now like, Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, when you're younger, you don't care. You, mm. just, you do things that you could probably go to jail for and you don't think about it. Right. So I created a completely fake portfolio. 
Like I found ads in magazines that weren't by huge companies, but looked good and kind of had an interesting look. I cut them out, say they're mine. And then when I went to the interview, this is, so I was like, if I get the job, this is how I'm going to figure out how to learn things. So I wouldn't tell them what, if I was a Mac or PC person, but when I got the job, whatever they said they were, I was going to say all my trainings on the other, but don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it all out fast enough. And that's what I did. It, so, it wor- so you got the job? I got the job, and they're like, okay, well, um, I hope you're good with PC. He's like, oh, 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 my training's on Mac. But you know what? I'm a fast learner. Don't worry about it. I got this. I can, I can do it. And that's, that's what I did. That's, that's how I got my first job. They, no, they never saw any difference in it. They never really made any, you know. When did you decide to start doing the, the film side of it? The film came a lot later. So you did that for a while. I did that for like 15 years. Like that's so well, 42 now. Like so, I guess when I was 22, that's when I started doing well, graphic design. And I think just in the time that I've known you, I've really, I've only known you really doing the films. But I, now that I think about it, I think kind of when we met is kind of when that was getting started. That's what I was getting. That's when I was getting started professionally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, you know. In all honesty, I, I would never really talk about my work before because I didn't really care that much about it. Like graphic design was always came easy; didn't really have to do too much work. Just I was good at it, and that was fine. I never really pushed myself to be great. Well, I've told you this before, and uh, and I'll tell you again. You used to do some of the coolest little films with our buddy Matt. Yeah, those, those were great. They were great, and I was I, I would you know it's it's weird when you watch something and you just. You can't wait to see another one. You're like, oh my god, that is so cool! Just the music you used to do, and and honestly, that I mean, when I I did a little vlog for a while, but that kind of that that the, the music and the cutting the scenes and stuff that those films that you did with Matt kind of inspired me, you know, quietly that I wanted to try that because yeah, I thought it was nice. just it was so cool and and um, yeah, I wish I don't even are those around anymore? Are they on something? Are they on YouTube? Are they They're on Vimeo, I think somewhere. It's like, you know, it's in the You know it's weird? I looked at my Vimeo page, like that's where I have I host all my videos. Mm-hmm. I have over a thousand. Thousand videos? I have over a thousand videos. And those are like finished. It isn't just me like messing around. Can people like, go look at them? Yeah, I mean the um you know my uh, the W film W Films Media, there's a link to my Vimeo page and they're all there. W Films Media. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if, if people, if we actually have people listen and they want to go check, if they them actually, out. yeah, if they actually give a shit to see who I am, there you go, you can go to that. Well, and you're great, and and um, what was the, I mean, was a Matt a big help or a big influence when you decided to make that decision to start doing films? Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because um, <sighs> he gave you a lot of like opportunity through the restaurants and stuff. Well, I'll tell you how I knew Matt. Um, because this goes back to my graphic design days, so this is almost tracking to what we're to to current day me. Um, so I did graphic design as a graphic designer most of my life, and when I was at the News Journal, uh, I got a good reputation as probably like the more creative kid around. And they started; they wanted to create a magazine. You know, the City Paper, and well, and okay, I have one technical thing for you here. You need to get like a like kind of like a pop thing here yeah just something so when i say my peas that you'd be you'd be popping I bet i'm popping all over I actually, the place i got some some foam things but i don't have a cover but i, I, I think foam things all you really need i just ordered some this morning yeah that'll, that will help this problem I'm sorry this p- problem you have with your peas you got powerful lips, Rob. 
You'd be cracking. Can, over I, can there. I just get my whole mouth around it? Yeah, that's, oh, well, yeah. that's what she said. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, done. that's okay. I left that. I left that open for you. Yeah. So um, they wanted to create a publication like the city paper. So it was very much in my wheelhouse because you know I kind of I used to write like like music reviews and do things like that. I was just I was all about that kind of pop culture and all like the local kind of things happening on going on in the city. Mm-hmm. So I was task to essentially create the whole look of it, the design of it. You know, I wasn't the editor, but I, I it was the editor and, and myself pretty much put this whole thing together. What was it called? It was called uh, just D. D. Just, just D for Delaware Island. It wasn't, not the greatest name in the world, but that's, that's what they decided to call it. Just D or D? I think D-E. Oh, okay. Or just D. I can't remember exactly, but it was like that. So, you know, that... I did that for a few months and I was really proud of it and I was really excited and everyone around was like, okay, this is it. We're doing it. And then it went to the higher ups at Gannett and they were like, well, this is great, but now we're not going to give you money for this. So essentially they scrapped it and it was kind of depressed. And then I'd realized like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to do it myself. So I started up my own publication that was essentially the model of what I just created. Mm-hmm. And it was called The Bystander Magazine. And it was uh, published down here and up there. And it became, you know, ran for about four years. And became wow. my pretty much became my life was be, being doing this publication. So the uh, funny thing was, since I worked at the News Journal, and that was my essential, that's, that's what paid for everything, I couldn't say that I was the publisher of this competing thing. Because right. they, they would just fire me. So I became. Uh, you were anonymous. I was well. It was T R Hess was my name. T R. T R Hess, and uh, so I, that was my publishing name. Which to explain it is, uh, T is my middle initial, R is my first initial, and Hess is my mother's maiden name. So that's where T R Hess came from. That makes sense. And it was kind of fun because we used to write about like, it. Was, he became like a fake character. That it was just this lord over the magazine that actually, you know, was abusive to all the writers and all that. It was kind of fun just to make this person who's essentially me a fake person. A personality. Yeah. So uh, uh, two months go by and we put out our first edition. It's successful. I never really make money at it, but it makes it never loses money because we didn't have money to lose. Like we didn't take out loans or anything. We just got ads. The ad money paid for the publication, paid for the printing, and that's how we did it. So I'm sitting at my desk at the news journal and... The editor who I did that D with, like, threw the bystander down on my desk. What is this? And I was just like, well, shit, I'm going to be fired. And he's like, have you seen this? I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it around. He's like, this thing's like flying off the shelves, man. I took this up to the, the Gannett people and saw how well this is doing. We're going to start up D again. We're going to start that up. And I was like, God damn it. So I, I didn't. You know, it's like he wanted, he wanted me to be the, the graphic designer for it. It's like, you know, I'm living down the beach now. I'm doing all this traveling. I just don't have the energy to do it again. I can't, I can't do it. Sorry. And eventually they, they go with it anyway. And do you remember Spark? The news journal had it. It's, it was called Spark. It was like, it used to be everywhere. At I, one don't point. Rem- I don't remember. But anyway, that's what it became. It became Spark. That's they did cool. Spark. And D, the Delaware, D they, theirs became, became Spark. Spark. Okay. So they became my competitor with my f- publication that I was still working. Did with you them. come clean that you were the? No, never did. Never did. Never did. 
the one of the main uh, writers at the News Journal. We were good friends. He knew who I was. It was it was kind of like a fun Batman scenario where it's just you know he'd be like, hey, you know, this is a really cool thing going on, and they hear. If you know that publisher, he might want to try to get someone there because it could be a good idea. And I was like, all right, I don't know who that guy is, but I'll, I'll, th- I'll think of, I'll see if I can get someone out there to do it. And that's so you, he would kind of help you. Out. Yeah, he'd help me out, and I'd help him out because I knew things too that he didn't, you know, he might not have been privy to. So that, but this brings me back to this is how I got to know Matt because Matt was one of the first people who supported it. He was one of our first, like, like this is when Redfin was around. Like Redfin was one of our first was actually maybe our second biggest uh, advertiser. And Redfin was down on Lake Avenue. No, Redfin was what Blue Coast oh, became. Right. So Redfin was his first. That was Matt's first restaurant. Right. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, I like what Matt was doing, and I offered him a column. I was like, look, you want to write a column, you know, about, like, food culture hair and all that? And he was, you know, he was really taken aback, and he's like, yeah, I would love to. I was like, okay, cool. And that's that's how our relationship started. He became a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's funny though. Like, he really, you know, he always liked me, but he actually really liked me. This this one thing happened, where uh, <laughs> remember when he had the trouble where with the person he started Redfin with, yep. and he kicked him out and mm-hmm. all that. Yep. So when that happened, the guy who took over Redfin, you know, had a meeting with me, and he's like, "Look, Matt is gone." He's, he's gone from this, and I know we're still your biggest advertiser, but we have one clause is that Matt can't write for you anymore. If you want us to advertise, like, Matt can't write. And that was really tough because, you know, obviously I want Matt to write, but at the same time, I was like, well, that's like, they're like a third of our advertising budget. Like, shit. But when I thought about it, it's like there was, it was really a, a no-brainer anyway, so I just, I essentially told the guy I read from the fuck off, and I was like, you know, Matt's my writer now. He's not just an advertiser. He's my writer. He works. So fuck off. I'll figure out how to, how to do it. And, you know, I never told, you know, I didn't call Matt and say, hey, you did this. He heard about it from other people what I did. Mm-hmm. And I think he gained a certain amount of respect for me from that point that, you know, that I, I wasn't exactly that guy scrambling just to, for the bottom line. You, so. were, you, were, uh, you were a solid guy. Yeah, I guess so. So that's 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 essentially you know it's a big deal. That's kind of when we became like more friends, and you know. So. Well, and you know what? Just to uh, not even you know, a little side note. Uh, I agree. You are a solid guy, and the fact is that you called me yesterday and asked me if if I if if I wanted you to do my podcast, which I absolutely did. But you're the only person that's called me. I've had to call and beg, and and that's something like a solid you know a solid guy does. You know if you. If you if I say out. I'm going to do it, I will. Right. But, yeah. you know, a lot of people say they're going to do it. I know. It. There's a <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I got you. Oh, well, I got sign you. Sign me up for the next opening. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be your show. Don't worry about it. I'm there. I'm in the front row. But you're the same, you're the same way. You, you know, if you say you're going to show up for something, you do. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. And you know what? You, uh, I always tell my kids, you know, you may, f- you may think you have friends, but if you're in, in this world and you have one or two good, solid people in your life, you, you've really you've done well. You're doing all right. You're doing pretty well. Yeah. So sorry to get tracked, sidetracked. No, no, that's good. That's good. Di- See, that's a, that's a fine digression. You're, you're, you're learning already. Mm. <laughs> I'm improving. <laughs> so uh, fast forward to a point where the bicep, we, we, 
And we, I forget, I, you know, sorry, I forget all the shit that Matt used to do. He was busy. Yeah, yeah. He I was. mean, I know he was busy, but I mean, remember the books and coffee and the cooking show? <laughs> I mean, that guy was just always doing something. He was doing something. He was, you know, he, I think he just, just had so much coffee in him that he just never slept. Yeah, yeah, he loved, yeah. So, that's a great part of it. <laughs> eventually, like, we stopped. We became like an online magazine for a little bit, you know, because eventually, like, the, the going out and selling ads and spending all that time, it wasn't hurting my marriage, but I wasn't having any free time or any time for us anymore. Like, it was just every time, because Aaron was the editor, too, of this. Mm-hmm. So, we both, all our free moments together, we were putting together this magazine. And it never lost money, but it never really, it was enough to pay the bills ever. It was just like, we might be able to pay like a bill with it. You know, if we had a good month, like, well, we could pay electric bill with what we made. That, that felt like a huge win. But after like three years, that just wears on you. You just can't keep going. So it came to a point where, you know, I closed, closed shop, had the last, you know, printed publication. And then we did it online for a little bit, but it just, I just didn't enjoy it. You know, without that printed copy in hand, I just didn't feel much point in it. So one of the last meetings I, when I, I had it with Matt before we started doing any film work, uh, he was like, you know, we're, we had, I told him like, we're, we're closing the door. I'm kind of shutting it down. And his main question was like, all right, well, what the hell are you going to do with yourself now? And I was like, well, I'm still a graphic designer, but he's like, yeah, what are you going to do creatively? What are you going to do with that now? And I hadn't thought about it, but it was like one of those like, trick questions you don't think about it so like you're the actual honest answer comes out before you even really think about it it's like i don't know i think i want to make films i think i want to go do make films again i don't know i don't know how to do it but i would like to do that again and that was maybe four years go by before i start actually doing that but that was i always think about that as like one of the first times i said it out loud i well and i it's, i have a similar similar story with him he you know i i was in between salons, and, and he's like, you know, what do you want to do? And I go, I want to open a salon. Oh, like those words finally came out. Yeah, that like, comes out. It's good. Like, Great, I'll set you up an appointment over at a community bank. I'll call uh, my guy over here. I'll call this guy. I'll have you call all these guys. I'm like, um, seriously? Like, I'm, I'm really going to try to open it? Yeah, let's open it. Let's do it. Let's get it going. Like okay, <laughs> and I did it, <laughs> and he, I wouldn't have done it honestly if it wasn't for him. I don't think. No, yeah, I mean you know that's he was he was good that way he, he could inspire and that's why you know that's why Sodell is what they are. Yeah, that's uh, yes they are that. Um, <laughs> well, and then so I get this thing and I, I was going to ask you about it. I got this thing on Facebook, <clears throat> and right away it, is this going to be a gotcha question? No. It's not a gotcha question. It's a. It's a. What's your opinion? Okay, I like opinions. Um, I got a lot of them. So I get this. Hey, like my page, the Matt Haley Trust page on Facebook. Okay. Have you you heard? see, you see, this is the problem with the microphones here. <laughs> oh, ever, well done. Have, Look you, at have you heard of the Matt Haley Trust page? Have you ever heard of the Matt Haley Trust? I mean. No. <laughs> Me neither. Huh. I mean, that's... Who started it? I have no idea. So I called uh, Michelle, and she was calling me back, or she called me back when you were walking in, and I missed the call, but I don't know. I, you know, it just was like, it just isn't, you know, Matt's been gone for a few years now, and it doesn't, it doesn't smell of Matt. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, he Soto cares. I thought was the main thing. That, That's right. Yeah, I thought they had a trust. I had they thought they had something to help folks with. Hmm. Who started this? About. Let's look at the about. That's okay. Shares knowledge. But you know what? He was um, he was great at like helping people. Wait a minute. Oh, yep. That's right. why. I was, that's why I paused. Oh, oh. a little weak. Come on, lean in, lean in and get it. Put some muscle into it. <laughs> so where are you at today? So I, I know that you. So we've done some fun videos, and, I, and honestly, it's just like the other day, someone because I have the videos we made. Um, you know, I reached out to you. Yeah, the first, Indian Summer. And we did the Indian Summer Rescue Team. Um, I st- people still talk to me about that because we did. You know, the premise was kind of like that Drugs Incorporated, where. You know, we had yeah, that was a lot band. of fun. Yeah, it was bad. And people still talk to me about that. Like, oh, my God, who were those people? I go, oh, that was me, me and Rob. I mean, every once in a while you get to do, like, a project like that where it's a little less corporate and a little silly. So I'm always kind of looking for those. Mm-hmm. And I tend to dive right in. Like, I just recently did one for uh, Revelation Brewery. And they did a, a pretty cool – they're still working on it now. I think it's going to – the launch is going to be Saturday. But they have four retired cops as bartenders there. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the major um, charities that these guys do is called Camp Barnes. It's up in I think it's in Wilmington. Yeah. It's it's a free camp for like inner city kids and all that. It's just a yeah. nice. It's a great like free camp, and that's what they do. So uh, they decided to brew this beer together, and everything that they get from you know selling the beer and all this kind of stuff goes straight to this charity. That's right. what our relation will be doing. So I made a video promoting it. But one of the things that Patrick, the guy who owns it, uh, the Revelation Brewery, said, like, I don't know, I have, like, this, like, A-team vibe for it. I don't really know. I just have it in my head. And I was like, okay. And A-team? Like, A-team. Okay. Like, you know, the, the show A-team. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I thought you said at first 18. 18. No, oh, A-team. Sorry, my nuts. My, I'm a little congested. So, uh, and it was just one of those things that, like, well, I just, that'd be a lot of fun. I just completely ran with it and went with a full, like, Got the theme song, got the logos, got it all together, and made like a whole like A team kind of video with these guys. Like, van. not the van, but I had a lot of fun making a uh, figuring out how to, how to give it like that old TV VHS look mm-hmm. that everything does was didn't quite line up right. And yeah. There's like tracking lines going through. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun doing all that kind of stuff. So I want to do Kim, and I just. I think about it all the time, and I, I haven't had anything I've really wanted to do another video on, but now that I think about it, I'd like to do another pod, or another video. Maybe we can do one on the podcasting, the Rehoboth Social. Sure. Maybe I can, well, we can discuss it, but I would like to do another video. Okay, yeah. I'll hire you. That's always good, too. I like money. Hey Money's now. good. I got some. Okay. I got a little. Let's not get serious now. Let's, uh, hey. Let's keep it simple. Keep it low. <laughs> Don't t- So what is the... Are you? I know you're busy. Yeah, I mean, things are good. Um, well, okay, let's, yeah, let's... If we're still going back in the whole progression, well, almost, we're pretty much almost to, to the end. So a uh, few years go by. I start making my own films, and, you know, I just decided there's no money involved. I had no idea that I was ever going to do a company like film festival films. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I would, I would just start making my first ones are pretty bad, but they got in the Rehoboth film festival when Rehoboth film festival didn't suck. Like, you know, like it was, it was a huge deal to see my stuff on the big screen with other like filmmakers. Yeah. That's kind of, 
I teach a class at Dell Tech, and that's one of the things I tell my students. You know, I teach a filmmaking class, is that if you're going to make short films, as hard as it is, it's kind of tough in your ego at times because you're going to get rejected more than you get accepted. Is you have to try and get in the film festivals because if all you do is just put your stuff on YouTube, you're never really going to be grow because your audience is essentially your friends and they will, they're always going to be like, Oh, that was so funny what you did there and all this. But when you see your work on the big screen against other people that are probably better than you, usually like that's like you to learn a lot from going to film festivals. It's something about being judged by your peers will always push you to be a better filmmaker because if you just put yourself on YouTube, it's you're, you're kind of living in a bubble. Well, you know I, look, I, mean? I look at some of your early films, and then I look at the, fil- the film you did with James, the recent one. Um, what was it called? Pietas. That's amazing. That was amazing. You can see the difference. Like, that's just, you learn, you, you learn, like, how did that filmmaker do that? And then you, the great thing about a festival is you can ask them. But, in, in, and it isn't just because it, uh, to, to, you know, describe it a little bit, it's our buddy James talking, you know, and he's going through this kind of this emotional roller coaster. And I won't say the end, but you know what you can it, say the end. It's been out long. It's been out long enough. It's fine. You can so say. So you well, you tell it because I, I don't. I, well, it was. Uh, I wanted to make a very nice, simple film that was because the film I made previous to that was Need Change. That was the one you had the part in where it's just it was. The, I never even saw it. I gave you the. Oh, I gave that to you. It's just sitting somewhere around your house, so. Don't complain to me that you. I'm not complaining. I I remember my part. It was very short. I I guess I wasn't as driven to go find myself in the movie, but yeah, you're in there. I know. Yeah, you you have the tape. It's fine. I I think the about the movie was the one you did with Matt. I thought that was the last one you'd done, but I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. So the movie I did that you were in that you haven't you haven't you failed to to see is. this movie called Need Change was about the delivery, but it was a very complicated movie with a whole bunch of scenes in it. There's a lot going on, a lot of editing. So for my next project, I wanted something that was simple, that really just relied on good writing and great acting. Yeah. And that's that's what it was. It was so good. Did, did, did you win any awards? Yeah, I did. I won a lot of stuff for that. Did and that you? was only like 22 festivals, I think. So what did what, what, you win? Like best, best in, essentially it's like best in show. Did or, you win any money or anything? I did one, and one, yeah, I won like three hundred something. Nice. Usually, you don't make money, but three hundred dollars. That's three hundred something. It's around three hundred dollars. Yeah, three hundred thousand something dollars. That's a lot. Like three hundred two ninety nine something. Yeah. So, uh, and you know what? That's an amazing. That feels good. It, I know when uh, David won his money. I mean, he. It didn't matter the amount of money. No, it was just, just like, the fact you win. It was just yeah. He, that was amazing for him. And you know that he did a great job. Yeah. Well, that's the. Well, you should be proud. You should be proud. I am. I'm. I'm very proud of him. So. Uh, that's my son, David. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The budding young artist, David. We'll get him on a podcast. <laughs> uh, so the film is essentially. Uh, I want a very simple idea. So, I you know, I have a three year old son. At the time, he was about like one, little over one and a half, I guess. Yeah. You know. And I would come home and, you know, feed him and kind of unwind. And he was just essentially this cipher that I could just kind of unwind about my day. And a lot of times, like, it would be an exhausting day and I'd have, like, relatively dark conversations with my son. But it was just a way – it was like 
therapy for one, really. Just you just sit there smiling, eat. And I was like, God, this guy was an asshole today, and just you know talking about all these these things. So I thought it'd be really funny in that if I never show that this dark conversation is having to a child, that we have this character who's having obviously a really dark night of the soul type moment, and you just never let people know that it really is just a child that he's talking to. And then that's what the one of the last shot is, you know, him, him just taking in all this darkness that James is throwing at him with a smile. And, you know, no, well, I love how he's like, just do me one favor. Just do me one favor. And everyone thinks he's going to kill himself. He's going to commit like he's right. Getting ready to like hang himself. He goes, just one favor. Open up. Just open up for daddy. Just open up for daddy. And he gets a little spoon spoon comes in the frame, you know, and you just see it and like, Oh my god! And that—that that was one of the great things seeing that with an audience, where I can actually see people in the audience like slowly leaning up, like, "What's, what's he gonna do?" Well, and you know the the the, the strange part for me on that movie, and also on the other one that you know where James is, you know, hitting the punching bag and stuff. Oh yeah, recovery. Yeah, recovery. You know, it's weird because um, he's you know James is sober, but both times he's like drinking. Yeah, and he's like. Clinkling the you can, ice, you can hear the glass. The it's glass, a seems... and that I don't know what what did you use instead of alcohol, or is it alcohol? That was iced tea. Iced tea. Okay, yeah. but it looks just like, you know, it looked like Jack Daniels, and it's just it's weird. I'm fooled, and you know, and that's you do a great job at it. Well, that's that's mostly James on that one. That's you know he carried that. You know, but you got to set up the camera. I mean, well, I did the shots, and you know, I did. The, the slow push in shot that I think is the best thing of as far as the camera goes, just because that is what people lean in as I'm pushing in, and that's that makes a big deal. Well, and, and that was a really hard shot, to be honest. And you know, no disrespect to James, I love James very much, but some I have I spend so much time with James that I have sometimes trouble connecting with the character that's in the film because I'm like, well, that's fucking James. <laughs> I mean, what? yeah, okay, you don't drink, dude, put your glass of that shit down, okay. <laughs> Stop it. What are all these meetings for? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, but, you know, you do a great job. So it isn't all James. It is you. All right. I'll take that. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Well, you get, it's great. They're great. And I'm I'm not surprised you didn't win a bunch of awards for that one because it was very clever. Thanks. I was, you know, I was really happy about that. Um, Did I ever actually tell you like the story of like how W Films like decided when I decided to start it? No. Sounds so, like a thing for a podcast. It does. Okay, it feels it feels right for the situation. So let's see. Yeah, this is. I guess this is before I met you. First of all, how long has W Films been? A, a God, I feel it's like it's like five years now. It's got to be around five years. No, because I've owned the salon almost ten. Shit. All right. Seven. Maybe. maybe eight. Yeah. No, no, not that. No, no, no. It's not that long. Seven. Seven, maybe. Well, the only reason I ask, because that's kind of when I opened the salon. So we've really been kind of doing, you know, you're doing the film, I'm doing a hair salon, but we've, you know, we've kind of started this around the same time. Or meet in the middle of the podcast. I feel like it makes sense. Well, I feel like our story, we always intercross <laughs> our paths in different things we're doing. I think that's that's the one of the best things. And then, you know, you need haircut. It's true. <laughs> I'll need one next week. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah. Well, tell, tell <laughs> My me about, non-haircut. Tell me about when you decided to open W Films All right. or, turn, or start W Films. So um, before W Films opened up, I was doing um, – I was working under this production company called Bystander Productions. That was my first production company. And 
Matt was one of the first customers, and that was before W Films. He was with, he, I did it for like Bystander, and I did a few other things. But really, how it started was I was making all these like little independent films, and then friends would see it and say, Hey, you know, I got a business. Can you do something like you did, but with my business? And that's how that started. Those clever little clips that you were making? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. So, uh, it was golden. Can you make me a Matt video? But without Matt, but make exciting, just like that same video. Except without Matt. Yeah, yeah like, but you, the, the part, the, the problem was is that Matt was really the, you know, the great part of the little films. So, yeah. So I'm surprised, too bad he's not alive. He'd be like, hey, can we have a film about my company? Can Matt be in it? <laughs> yeah, that was, there was a lot of that. All right, sorry. So, uh, <laughs> so you were making the little clips and people were digging it. Yeah. To be so I had uh, I had a friend, uh, Jenna Walcott, who was a photographer. You met Jenna. She was the one who worked with us on the very first one. And uh, I knew her because she used to date Jeb Lee, who was my roommate in college. Is she? Are you guys partners? She is still, she's essentially a silent partner now. Because okay. her husband moved to Seattle because he got a big new job. So, you know, that's essentially where she lives now. Right. Um, so, uh, she... We were talking one time, and I was talking about what I was doing because I was making all these like weird little films, and because I I was actually just meeting an actor to be in one when I when I, when I saw her at the bar, and we you know we were talking for a while, and then a few weeks later she calls like, look, I'm really tired of the whole photography thing. I really want to get start making like doing what you're doing. I want to get into the video production. I want to start doing that kind of stuff, and I want to make a real serious company of it. And I was kind of like, I really. You know, I thought about it, and then my my answer was kind of no, because I love making films so much that I was worried if I started a production company, like like went full force to it and kind of almost phased out graphic design, which I eventually did, that I would start to not enjoy making them anymore. That it would just become work. Yep. And I was really scared of that. That's that was. So I said, you know, I appreciate it. I, I just don't think we can do it. And also, at that time, there really wasn't much of a market for it. It's funny now. There's a huge market for it now. But yeah. when we started, it was like, what, are you going to make a TV commercial? Like, no, no, no. It's like for web and things like that. Like, eh, F off. I don't want any of that. Right. So it's all changed now. But that's that's neither here nor there. So Dogfish had a contest every year. It's called the Off-Centered Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And... I had entered it a few times before, and I usually did pretty well. I didn't, I wasn't finalized, but I'd be like the top ten. And it was a nationwide contest. So what it involved was they give you a topic, and you make a short film that involves their beer and the topic they give. Right. And the winner gets uh, $2,500 $2, and beer, but also they get to go to uh, Austin to have their film screened at the Elmo Draft House, which if no anyone if anyone doesn't know what that is, that is essentially the mecca for film geeks. Like it is, it is one of the first movie chains that really embrace like what film geeks want in a movie theater. And essentially, that's that's our model for Revival House. That's how we that's where we got that idea from. Is but, that associated with the South by Southwest? Is that yeah? All the that's same part thing? of it. Yeah, yeah okay. that's on the, right in the same area. So. Uh, the time came up and the contest started and the uh, the theme was stunting. So stunts was mm-hmm. the, the theme. Right. So we had to make something with stunts and a theme. And most everyone did this kind of a jackass type thing. I came up with this idea where 
since I was making movies since I was a little kid, I always had stunt dummies in my films. Like right. these like stunt dummies that I'd run over the car, I'd throw over a bridge, I threw I threw off the tower at <laughs> at the state park, yep. which is one of the reasons I'm not allowed to film the state park anymore. Because really? they, yeah, they, they didn't really ha- they weren't too happy with that when they found out. But anyway, I made a whole mockumentary where this stunt dummy was a real person. I think you saw that. I did. Yeah, he talks. Yeah, he talks. So leaning on the wall. Yeah, you know, he's a real person. Um, so I, ma- you know, I got, I've, I've got fully invested in that, and I just. Spent all this time, made this. I. It's still one of my favorite things I've done. Like it's. It was good. It was one of those. Like that is one of the most me type films I've ever made, where I just got to explore all these strange, different styles of filmmaking in one go. So, we entered. Uh, they, the final three who get shows get to you know go to Austin, get to do all that. So Aaron and I got to go to Austin because we we're the final three, and then we won. And so I was out drinking with all the winners and all the judges and all that. And one of the main judges was the main uh, um, critic for the, the whatever the main Austin paper is, mm-hmm. which, you know, Austin's like pretty big hub. So he's, he's a yeah. really good critic. And so, you know, I was having drinks with him and he's like, all right, so what's the name of your production company? And I was like, well, I don't really do it for money. I just kind of, every once in a while I'll make a film, but I don't really do it. That's not my job. He's like, well, we've been doing this contest for like eight years and this is the best film I've ever seen here. So this is what you should be doing. I'm just, I'm telling you that right now. I don't even know you, but this is what you should be doing. Well, it must have felt good. It did. And then right when I got home, I called Jen. I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's make it, let's do this company. And that's, that's when we started right where after you, that. Where do you, I guess W for Waters? Yeah, her name was Walcott, my name was Waters, so W Films. That makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't make as quite as much sense now. Now there's not two, you know, essentially she's silent and it's just me. But W Films is an easy, it's nice. So she was big. I mean, you guys did that. I know when you, we shot the videos here, I mean, you guys did them together. I mean, did, yeah. who, who's filling in for that role that she did? Um, or are you I've, just doing all the, everything by yourself? I do most of it myself. I have a, I have a crew when I need them. Just... You know what it's like living in Sussex County. Like there are people that have a lot of money. There's people that don't, and so. But everyone wants this certain kind of like film or something like that. So I had to become very flexible to be able to be a one man crew when I needed to be. And you know I have. So that's where you save money and not having to pay people to help you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's just if you're able to do it all yourself, that kind of helps. And like you know, let's say I'm doing something for like Bayside, who has like a lot of money, and they want to see a crew. I have a crew that I can bring in. Most Come of them on, line up, everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually that's true. That happens sometimes. They want they don't want to just see one guy show up with a camera. They want to see like a production company show up, all ready to go. So when I know those those times happen, I, I just I gather them up. You know, the, the the spotlight hits the clouds and the people, the big W and the people know. Yeah, they come. They come. Well, the great thing is, time. since I'm a teacher at Dell Tech, I, it's it's become like one of the greatest like scouting places for young talent. So. A lot of times, the the best filmmakers tend to become my new employees. Well, I know David wants to help. I told him he, you know, he's just going through life, you know, as a thirteen year old kid. But he's a thirteen year old kid, man, he shouldn't have that too many goals. He, yeah, he doesn't just, have any goals. He's just easily distracted. That know? is also what thirteen year old people yeah. should do. Yeah, be distracted and um, just enjoy life. It took me 35 years to figure out what I want to do as <laughs> when I grow up. Well, and you know, it's weird, and I'm not going to, we won't dive into this too much, but, you know, the, the world's changing. You know, the 
I'm, I'm paying a lot more attention to like who's running for president this time, you know, and, and, you know, listening to what these guys are talking about and, you know, there's going to be a, a serious job loss in 10, 12 years, whether it's automation, trucking, just, to, I mean, sure. The, the world is the, 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 the life as we know it is going to be changing. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, life's always going to change. Like it it's, it's, it's always going to change. I think everyone's a little bit more aware of it now just because, you know, Every, it's a little bit more of a shit show than it ever was. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, I, I could tell. I didn't pay much attention. I don't honestly. To me, it seems like every president says the same thing, does the same kind of thing. I mean, I'm, you know, the words change. Don't you kind of miss it? Don't you miss that same thing? <laughs> I kind of want that same thing back. I don't know. I, I know that um, you know. Regardless, the the debt still keeps rising. Sure. And uh, but we're not gonna. We're not. I'm not a political guy, and we won't go there. We don't have to do that. That's fine. So what's going? What now? What's on? What's in the future for you? I mean, what are you uh, working on now? Uh, no, it is a slow time of year. Yeah, I know. Well, I got a few things that I'm I'm, I'm playing with right now. I have a script going out that I'm hoping uh, my friend Jeb is working on. I kind of essentially, when it comes to scripts, that's like that's the first part, and sadly, that is my weakness. Writing or creative. I'm really good at ideas and structure, excuse me, where I can put together a very in-depth outline, a very like, this is what I want the story to do. This is how I, you know, how I want it to go. That's what I did with Pietas. I gave James like, this is, here's the idea. Here's how the story goes. This is exactly what I wanted to do. You fill in that, the dialogue part, the part where, you know, the, you know what you, you know, you know how I want it to go. You just fill in those that how the dialogue works because I'm pretty good at dialogue, but I'm not great. Right. It always sounds like me talking essentially. <laughs> and that is, that happens to a lot of writers. You know, you just, it sounds like yourself talking. That's why everyone thinks, well, I can write, but it, until someone, until your you dialogue write down, until your dog dialogue comes out of someone else's mouth, you, yeah. you, you don't know how bad it is. Who's that? Scott, Scott, Scotty boy. Hey man. Hey, hey, hey man. <laughs> Anyways, so you had this, like, so so you had what a to, shitty impersonation of me. So uh, you had so you got James to write it. Yeah, fill in the blanks. That's and that's what I'm doing with Jeb with this. Where here's my idea. This is what I want it to be. But also this is very this is very much his life. So I was like, I want you to fill in all the details of what this should be, and I want you to write the dialogue because he's an amazing writer. So once he gets that going, I can make it. Right. Um, I have a few things. Are you doing many like little clips like you know we did for the salon? Are you doing still a lot of those? I mean, I'm working every right. day, so yes, I'm constantly doing stuff like you know things like that. That is every it seems like almost every day I have a shoot. Like I just don't have any time for it's even. Like, it feels like it's just always like something to do. I, one thing I like about what I do is I re, there's I know what I do, but I, I don't have to go somewhere and do it. It's like it all stays in this like little room. See, I I would hate that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had landscaping business once and I, I hated I felt like I would you know, we'd do something and then I'd have to go back and talk to him. It was like this all this never it just never I could never end it. I mean, one of the things I love so much about my job is that every day is very different. Mm-hmm. So, like let's look at this week. Like I had I had to travel to Berlin to do uh, a video tour of a house that was like on the cover of Coastal Magazine, which is an unbelievable, beautiful house. The next day, I'm making a film up in Dover about the place that makes uh, spacesuits. Wow. This place in Dover that actually makes, and there's a guy in a spacesuit 
like working on it. Like, I think I've cut somebody's hair that worked there. Okay, yeah, it's like the ILC something Dover ILC Dover. I think it is. Yeah, I didn't know there was a spacesuit making manufacturer up there. I didn't know until I showed up that day, and I was like, I just assumed it was going to be like one of those, you know, like well, it's just people working at textile. But it's like, oh shit, you're making it's space serious. suits. This it's, is serious. Yeah, it's serious. But you know, like that kind of stuff happens all the time. Um, my favorite gig is probably the Cape Gazette stuff. Yeah. Uh, that is, I get to make like little documentaries with the Cape Gazette, like three a month. And that's probably my favorite other than my own films. That's my favorite thing. Doing the Cape Gazette. So, yeah, well you, and so you had that little film festival down in Ocean City and when that's where we got to see some of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you saw a few of those. The, the old Fisherman and Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was great. That's, that's, I love doing that stuff. That is one of my favorite things. And it pushes me to go see events that I would never even think about going to that, right. you know, cause you know what it's like, you have a kid, it's essentially, you spend your time with your kid on your days off and then you don't, you don't really go to events this much. Right. So this forces Or you take me. your kids. Yeah. A lot of them, you know, well, if they're old enough, sure. He's three. So that most of the stuff is not for him. He just gets, he'll just get trampled. Trampled. Where's my kid? Yeah. So that's, that's one of the major things I love. And also like you're talking about, cause you get to work in one place, like, my editing, my whole, I have a, my whole office is home. And my, you know, I have a home office. So like today I was able to do this because today's an editing day. I'm not really out filming. I'm just editing. So I can just go out and do things like this and take a little time to myself. A nice little break. Yeah. It's nice. And I get to, you know, just relax at home and just spend a day just editing. I think that, um, even in my little, and I'm no, nowhere near being a filmmaker, but I think the editing to me is like the, the biggest challenge for me it's like and it's fun but i it wears on me like i'm just not sure built it's like hard that. i'm not built because i just i can't i can't pinpoint anything it's like oh that looks good but maybe this would be better i just can't ever get into something and it just drives me crazy i don't do it anymore but when it was so hard to edit when i first started making films that i used to actually like get a little tipsy to do it because mm -hmm. if i didn't i would spend all day on one shot trying to get it perfect and get it to just what it needed to be. And I would just, I would spend all this time with this one shot just to get it perfect. But the key to editing is just getting through that first rough cut as fast as you can. Right. So, you know, I'd have a few drinks and my mind would, you know, I could, I wasn't stupid. It wasn't like eh, keyboards, <laughs> all this. Like I would just be a little bit less critical. Right. Because, when you're doing your first edit, it is it is the ultimate truth of what you're trying to make, and it can be really hard to see because this is like this is it like is some something you th you saw on screen as you're filming that you thought worked, you see on the screen on your computer and you see it doesn't work. Well, like that's it. Well, and I think you know I think it was you know David and I did that little um, contest that you guys put out over at the Revival House, and. He was so consumed with making it perfect, and I think it was great for him to go to see your films that we did when we went to the little film festival that, you know, you could see. I mean, there's, video, there's movies you made where, it like, at one point you're, like, holding the dummy, and then you can tell that you must let go and, you know, edit it out, and then the dummy just drops. It's, you know, it's so old school, but, you know. That's the then, one I made in high school, too. Yeah, but you don't fine. go, oh, my God, you know. I didn't need to see that. Like, it's enjoyable. And so I, the whole process. And, I, you know, David can get so hung up. And I'm like, dude, it's not going to matter. Yeah, you sometimes know, seeing the Silver. seams is okay. Right, exactly. That's kind of what makes it funny. Yeah. It kind of depends what you're going for. But, you know, that's 
the first bit of editing stuff. But like I discussed, like if you're a filmmaker, you should know, like when I'm teaching my class, like I always tell them, like you should know your weakness, get to know that. Cause you, everyone does. No one is perfect at everything. And so if you know what you're weak at, that you can start to figure out people that would be, might be stronger than you at it. So let's say for you, you love to write, you love, I'm not saying this is it, but it's right. use an example. You love to write, you love to edit, uh, you love to film. You might want to give it to someone else to edit because that might be the toughest part. And actually, if you're a filmmaker, you should have someone else edit your stuff. I edit my own stuff, but I've gotten good enough that I can I can have a cold shoulder to my uh, my work. Have you ever edited something and then have, it, have somebody edit it and compare them? No, but I've edited someone else's stuff and done, kind of done that for them. And when, was it a big difference or? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Give and me the I, thing. And I've only. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the thing. I, here's the thing. Okay, now we'll break it down to yeah. the thing. This is our Alec Baldwin podcast. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sure, what he Okay, yeah. <laughs> you went there. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Two things. The hardest thing. When you're editing, and I've done it long enough that, like I'm saying, I can have a cold eye to my work. And what I mean by that is, so let's say you have a scene, you spent all day working on it, and everyone showed up, everyone did their best, you had such a fun time, but let's say you're putting the film together, and you see that scene doesn't really matter. You doesn't, you don't need it. Most people, once you've done all that work, will keep that film, that scene in it, and. Just because. Just because you know you know how much work went into it. You know, like, well, Kathy showed up that day and she did such a great job. And Janie brought all the, that food, so she needs to be there. I mean, I'd be an asshole to cut her out. But when you hire a different editor, you need that cold eye who comes in who just sees the story. Who doesn't, doesn't give a shit about who showed up, who did what. What do you call them, cold eye? The cold eye. Cold uh, eye. Just like, no, they don't have any emotional tie. Cold-blooded. It, yeah. Just... No emotional tie to anything in that film. They're just there to tell the story better. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is what having an exterior editor do. Let's say, okay, like, here's a, a modern example uh, I always tend to use is, so Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. when he started, let's say, we're talking Reservoir Dolls, Pulp Fiction, even up to the Kill Bill days, he had a, this uh, woman who was his editor from the beginning. She was, like, a classic Hollywood editor. And he would want all these long scenes that he just thought meant so much. And they're just like, this adds so much to the story. And she's a person who's like, no, cut it. It does not need to be there. Get it out. And they would have like battles for like days over a scene. And then when it was all said and done, when Tarantino cooled off, like you would see it like, yeah, that's right. And now the problems with his films, even though I still kind of, I enjoy them, but like with, uh, Django Unchained, and especially the latest one, which was The Hateful Eight, he ha- like the his old editor passed away, so now he has a new editor, mm. and he is he's a he's a young editor, and essentially, Tarantino is high enough up that he can just go, well, I want that in there, and it's like, okay, Mister, okay, Mister Tarantino, it's in there, and now his movies are very flappy, like they have a lot of they're long, and there's a lot of scenes that just need to be go need to go too long, just too long. And that is the problem when you don't have that person who can break your heart a little bit and say, hey, this scene is not needed. You should go. That's very true. It's 
good to know. You know, and it's tough. And actually, like, the knee changed. Like, my second edit, when I went in, like, like four months after I did the first edit, I came in completely different. And I went in and I cut so much out that that I thought was cool when I first shot it and it was together. But when I took at it, when I looked at it like festivals and watched it again, I was like, yep, I'm taking all, I'm taking a lot of these scenes out because they're just not needed. And well, drone footage is a lot like that too. Cause you fly the drone and everything you see with the drone is just amazing. Cause you're flying. Sure. And I see, I've seen some of this, like I, I'll see a, something you've done on, on like a commercial on TV or something. I, you know, right away I know, but you know, I'm like, and it's just quick little, Fly down to the door and then it's gone. I'd be like, oh, I'd I'd rather have like a whole flying around the whole neighborhood, you know, because I yeah. But I, you know, I'd be flappy. My, my commercial would be kind of flappy. <laughs> yeah, like that's is you, this for drones? Or I just, is this for like exactly. A house? I just want the story. I want to get that story as fast as possible, you know. And sometimes it's tough not to linger on those drone shots because it's just like, oh, it's it's really pretty, it's beautiful. But at the same time, it's like, hey, I um, would you ever would you come back? Sure. Do this again? Okay, is our hour up? Do we do it? We're, we're do we make it through? We're we're at an hour ten. Good lord! I told you. I mean, that's just what happens. And honestly, I would still, I would, I would continue, but I got to go meet Christine because she has a doctor's appointment. She wants me to go there okay. with her, and I said, okay, I'll go. So next time I show up, you're gonna have some uh, some help with the pops, the peas. Uh, maybe by the next time you show up, I'm gonna have better microphones. These are like singing mics. I want to get those, those, what are they, cartoid mics? Yeah. I'm kind of curious how you're getting the noise. I want to, because you get, you get the, you have the, the hiss in the background. It's not terrible, but. It's the, it's the little microphone. I mean, it's the headphone amp. Really? Yeah. It's not, it doesn't, it's not recorded. It's just, you see this little box here to the left of the board? Yeah. So the sound goes, the signal goes out of the board into that. And then that gives each microphone I mean, each headphone, its own volume. Okay. Because some people, you know, they don't talk as loud, and, you know, you want to give them a little sound. I don't know if it's necessary. I it's feel like I don't have that of, problem. I think I'm okay there. Yeah, it's all rigged together. I mean, it, you know, you would probably look at this and say, this is not, you need to do something different. But it works, and, you know, for now. No, I mean, like I said, I think uh, just get, get your peas popped. <laughs> I'll have that fixed next time. And maybe a shorter table. Because, like I said, I just feel like I'm too far away from you. Yeah. Well, or we turn it sideways. Well, then it probably won't fit in the room. Really. Might not fit. In one no. I'll never leave. Rob, thanks. Sure. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And um, you'll come back, so I'll, I'll invite you back in a okay. couple weeks. Okay. Right. I, I will actually show up, I promise. I, I, think, I know you will. Because what, what do we... We're, we're stand-up guys. We're Is stand-up? that what we set up? No, no, solid. Solid guys. That's right. Okay. Hey, you're solid. <laughs> I'm a solid guy. All, All right, right, brother. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> All right. Bye.